Hello, welcome back to Where Are All My Friends. This week we sit down with Fatsy Young Burial. I'm stoked on this one. It's been a long time coming. We've been talking about doing the episode. It's finally here. I feel like the timing was perfect too. He's been so busy. He just put out an album. He's been working on so many more projects lately. So it was really cool to sit down and talk to him about everything going on now and also talk about the early days where he got that grind, where he found that love of music. Really fun episode. Really think you'll like it. If you do, tell a friend, share it on socials, rate it on iTunes. All of that truly helps the podcast grow so much and means the world to me. I'm at Andrew underscore FTW. He is at Young Burial. Enjoy. Here we are. Where are all my friends? Sitting down with Charlie Fatsy Young Burial. Yes, sir. This is a cool one because we live together. Yeah. We've been friends, but the podcast has been a long time coming. Yeah, it's been a minute. Um, we've been talking about it. We have. And honestly, I'm glad that it took a second on both sides because I've, you know, every time I do one, I get a little better and, you know, like I think it all gets a little better. Yeah. But this is your first podcast. Yeah. So I feel a certain responsibility. Like I have to be a good host. We have to put something good out because this yeah. represents your first podcast. It's so the first time, even though we could have done this earlier, I'm glad that it's happening now. And I feel like it's like perfect. Cool. Thanks for having me, man. Dude. Yeah. I also think it's good timing because you've been up to so much lately. Yeah. Like seeing you in the house, like it's so funny, right? Like we'll like go a couple days and do our thing and we'll like regroup and you'll be like, you'll have gone and filmed like four music videos and like you've been on one. So I feel like it's a good time to like do this. Yeah. I've been going crazy lately. Like with, uh, I don't know, lately I just have this, I've always had it, but you know, just extra drive. It's like every day, eight hours, 10 hours, like I'm just... Going crazy. Doing yeah, something. you're in. Well, I think it's like you're always writing music. I always see you writing. I always see you working on something. But I feel like lately I've seen you more like putting together an entire like cohesive artist project, right? Like you're worrying about visuals. You're putting out like more photos, more everything. You're working on merch. Like it feels now like you just have like something so dialed. Yeah. So I'm trying. excited to talk right now on this. <laughs> trying. Yeah, let's do it. So where I like to start is like very briefly before we get into any of the, like the thick of it, anybody who doesn't know who you are, just introduce who you are and what you do. Yeah. So I'm Charlie, uh, artist named Fatsy Young Burial, um, or either one of those. Uh, I live in LA I make music. I grew up in Dallas, Texas and, uh, yeah, there it is. Easy. I like it. I mean, that says it. <laughs> so, okay. The, what, what I like to do as far as a format is even us being friends, I always learn so much, like just learning about the early days and all that. I think for any fan of your project, it's always so cool, right? When you talk, like when you hear an artist talking about the early days, finding the inspirations and all of that, that's so interesting to me when I'm a fan of an artist. And it's also interesting to be a friend and hear it. So take me back to like, it, it can be wherever, but like finding music or just like what your early start in what you know finding that thing you love is yeah so um i started taking piano lessons when i was really young like three or four my mom just was like you should take these and i don't know i was a little kid so. it was that early yeah so i was just down um and i liked it you know i learned some music theory um i think i ended up just being kind of bored with it though and that was my first little, like, taste of making music or, you know, any type of musical thing. I mean, that's pretty young, though. Yeah. 
Um, and so then, finding that and like you liking it to any degree, like I feel like that's a pretty obvious sign of like, all right. Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny that a lot of people are like, you know, I fell in love with it right away. But for me, it was like, it was cool. You know, um, I was kind of more focused on like writing. I was really obsessed with like comics and drawing and writing and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, we moved to Dallas um, when I was like eight years old. And then from there I got into like all kinds of music stuff. But um, yeah, that was kind of like my start in music, I guess. Makes sense. So... It w- you got a keyboard early, you understood it, but it, it was more just you were like a creative kid. Like you were doing all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And then get to Texas. And then what, didn't you tell me a story once of like your dad or like you, you had like a keyboard or something with like a bunch of loops or. Yeah. Um, I had a keyboard in my room and I would just mess around on it. Uh, I was probably like 11 years old and my dad um, and me would just jam over like these little songs I would make. I would like just record like a keyboard part and then record the drums over it with a metronome. Uh, and then add like a bass, you know, and all kinds of stuff on top. And then me and my dad would jam with bongos, uh, to like playing it back off the keyboard. And it was fun. It was like my first experience, like jamming, you know? Yeah. Um, That's so sick that you had like supportive parents too. Oh, yeah. No, my mom and my dad were always super supportive, you know, pushing me towards music and creative stuff, so. Okay, so you find that you're still doing, like, all sorts of the creative things, but, like, you're you're still, you're playing around more with music in Texas. Yeah. And then another thing that I know a bit about you, just in being friends, is didn't your, wasn't, like, your early start in music or doing music seriously, like, pretty deep in metal? Yeah, um, so my first band was called Obadiah Jr. We weren't really a metal band, but around that time, uh, I'd have been introduced to, from first to last, from one of my friends um, in high school, or in middle school. Dude. And um, Obadiah Jr. was kind of like a like indie rock band at first. Uh, like, we were really into, like, Animal Collective and stuff like that. Wait, really? Yeah, we, like, loved Animal Dude, Collective. Dude, was that album Meriwether Post Pavilion? Yeah, yep. Oh, my God, bro. <laughs> oh, whoa. So it was stuff like that? Yeah, at first. Um, but then, yeah, I got introduced to, like, From First to Last and uh, Devil Wars Prada and, like, all that kind of stuff and, like, fell down that whole, um, fell into that whole world and then started incorporating, like, screaming and, like, distorted guitars, like, on top of, like, our weird indie band, and it was really weird. Was it all of you guys, like, was, or was it you being, like, yo, no, you guys, I found this thing, and they're, like, uh, me. I guess. <laughs> That's, yeah, it was literally <laughs> me just being, like, guys, I love metal, but, like, we don't really like metal, and I was, like, well, I'm gonna scream. They just humored it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess at that age, right, you're just excited to play music, and exactly. it's not like you're, like, we'll never get signed if it's not cohesive, you're probably just having fun. Yeah, exactly, you know, and we played, like, a few shows, uh, it was my first shows, just, like it was like in a the park you know like by our school um just on the basketball courts and like a few of our bands like from school played and it was fun that was like my first experience playing but the next band i was in was like a real like deathcore like suicide silence okay band like so that was full send you were fully in yeah because that's crazy like from first to last was one of them for me too like yeah it was one of the first bands that wasn't like radio music that i heard like my friend showed it to me and i was like this is the sickest shit yeah and that's the thing yeah like i was listening to the modern you know rock radio every day before i discovered that world of music you know and i was really into system of a down and corn and like okay that was my stuff yeah but this was like the 
I can only imagine like this when this clicked, it was just like game over. Yeah, I just fell in love with it. Didn't you also tell me a story that you have like a cousin or like is somebody uh, in a band? <laughs> yeah. Or? Um, yeah. So around that time, it was like probably around the same time period. My mom was like, "Hey, uh, your cousin's playing in town. He's in a band." Uh, you might like him. You should go. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, I'm down. And so she took me and my friend there to this venue. And um, it was my first time. It was before I had played in that that deathcore band. So I'd never been to like a, me- a metal type venue or like, you know, one of these DIY type venues before. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was cool right away. And like all the stickers everywhere and uh, just the vibe immediately was cool. And then just seeing them perform just blew my mind because they're guitar players doing all these slidey like tappy stuff uh which i still like that's my favorite guitar playing style to this yeah. day yeah damn so like you already liked music then you go to the show and see that world and yeah. you're just like oh yeah and the band um that just gotten signed to rise you know it was oceana and it's still like one of my favorite that album the tide is one of my favorite albums the one that uh came out like that year i think on rise um i bought it and listened to it like every day and I still come back to it, and it's, like, one of my biggest influences still. But, yeah, just from that one show, like, sparked, like, this drive in me, you know, to play That's... guitar and playing bands more and, like, just really take it seriously, you know? Isn't that nuts, like, those moments? Like, you never would have thought, right? Like, your mom's just like, oh, your cousin's playing, right? And for you, you're like, oh, cool, concert. Yeah. Like, those moments. You never know that that day is going to be like, oh. Yeah, like, life-changing, you know? It's so nuts to me. I love hearing those moments. And it's also cool that you come back to that album still. Like, it's cool that that's still a piece for yeah, you. Yeah, I was listening to it, like, two days ago, you know, the whole album. I'll just, like, listen to it and just be like, wow. You know, like, it's just always inspiring to me. Um, it's a great album. Everyone should listen to it. <laughs> that's, yeah, actually, that's sick. So, damn. All right, so you find from first to last, you're finding that whole scene. You see that show. You were already starting to make your your animal collective band plays cremo music or, or metal music. Yeah, yeah. So then you do another band and it's like fully that. Yeah. Um I had a couple bands, you know, from middle school to high school that were just like deathcore, metalcore, you know. Yeah. All screamed vocals. We never had clean singers. We were like one of those bands that was like, no, just screaming. Okay. Um so So it was like heavy, heavy. It was heavy, yeah. yeah. And then those bands kind of led me to my final band, I guess not my final band, but like my final metal band, which was Iori. Okay. Um, and we toured, you know, a little bit around the country, did a few like DIY tours with some of our friends' bands. And um, it was like my first experience touring and I loved it. You know, I fell in love with it immediately. What age is that? Uh, it was like right out of high school and I graduated when I was 17. So, oh, whoa. So yeah, you- it was like right when I was 17 or 18. That's a special time, like right out of school, just being like, yo, full send, we're going to go tour. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, we were, everyone in the band was just hundred percent in. We were playing shows every weekend. If we weren't touring, you know, constantly working on merch. And so you were like, you were fully committed to this band. Like that oh, was yeah. the thing. It was my life. You know, I put all my money into it, like everything. Damn. And again, it's like very heavy. Yeah. And you know, we recorded our first EP with, the original guitar player of Memphis Mayfire, Ryan Bentley. Oh, really? And, yeah, we were really excited about that. Um, And I was kind of, like, working with him on the production side of it. And that kind of is what pushed me into the whole, like, producing side and the producing world. 
it was like just seeing, like working with him and just seeing the process and kind of like wanting more control too. And just being like, you know, I kind of want to do everything myself. And like, I want to record all this myself and just. Well, was that like when you were doing it, did you hear things differently in your head? Like, did you have a vision where you're like, wait, it could be like this? Yeah. Like I'd be sitting down with him, like mixing with him and like, I'd learn a lot from him, but, um, yeah, at the same time, it's like, you know, I kind of wanted to do things a little bit differently here and there. And I ended up actually like tweaking the final mixes myself and like adding more guitars on and like remastering everything before we put it out. But, uh, after that, yeah, I just started working on like, or I started mixing everything we did with that band. And damn. So that was like the fact that it wasn't perfect out the gate. Like it, the fact that you kind of started to realize that was probably really important because yeah. it like opened up a whole other chapter of what you were doing. Exactly. Because before that, I didn't really know about production or care about it. It was just kind of something that was there, you know? You were more, like more just like excited to play music, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And then that happens. There has to be some kind of shift, though, because like that's obviously so far from the music that you're making right now. You're not in a band. You're a solo artist. So where does that shift start? How, like you were fully committed to this band. Yeah. So I guess the thing that kind of ended up tearing us apart at, um, was because our vocalist left. Mm. And uh, after he left, like I actually took over vocals. No way. <laughs> yeah. And it was my first time writing like serious lyrics too. Cause I'd like done like goofy, like side project stuff before in the past with my friends, but like I never wrote like serious lyrics. So, um, that was a kind of a challenge, but it was fun. And we wrote like a whole album and we played one show. And then after that, we just like kind of fell apart. Um, huh. but <laughs> after Iori, um, me and some of the members started this kind of like experimental noise rock, like free jazz, just all over the place, like improv pan. You guys were just excited to play music. And yeah, exactly. Like we were just like making crazy stuff. And, um, this is also the same time that we kind of started this rap collective. Um, it was like experimental rap collective too. That's crazy. So was it like, like how did you guys, you were all together or like what? Yeah, we, we had a house. Like me and a lot of my friends just had a house. Because we'd all moved out of our parents' house and we were just making music like every day, you know, whether it was like our weird experimental stuff jamming in the living room or if it was just us like freestyling over weird beats that I'd made. So, okay, so like the band, like even though that one band didn't necessarily like work out in that sense, it wasn't that you guys were burned on music at all. Like you were like very excited to make any kind of music. Exactly, yeah. Oh, so then you start messing around, you do the... The fruit, what, how, what did you say? It was free. It's like noise rock, free jazz, improv. Yeah. I don't know. It was all over the place. And you toured on that. Yeah. We actually did like two U.S. tours somehow with that band. And every night just improving, just switching instruments, like breaking chairs and like just ridiculous, like reading poetry. Like someone will just be like reading like some book while like everyone's breaking stuff around them. It was just totally like off the wall performance art, weird stuff. That explains so much about <laughs> you. Like, I want to get back to that because that connects pieces in my head as I'm thinking about, like, the music and the things you've done. Yeah. But that's crazy. And then on the other side of it, you're doing hip-hop. Yeah. So so there was Loden, which was the crazy band. Um, and then Prophet House Records, which is, like, this collective we made. And it was, like, kind of the same people. 
uh, but more, even more extended. It was like 20 people at one point near the end. Um, but yeah, it was like just kind of like us messing around. And then um, we played one show and it was a lot of fun. And we had like 20 people on stage with live auto-tune and it was really cool. You guys played a whole show, like the whole collective got together. Yeah. Holy shit. I wish I could have seen that show. That's insane. Yeah, it was awesome. In Texas? Yeah. Okay. So the house, you're making music. And then, cause, cause, I don't want to assume, but if you were already starting to get into production and all that, were you making a lot of the beats for like the hip hop stuff that you guys were playing around with? Yeah, like okay. all of them pretty much. It was like kind of, because I was in college for audio engineering at the time too. So oh. it was kind of like my experiment you know was just like messing around with beats and oh it gave you like a very time. real reason you're like okay well i'm in school learning this like i learned this thing today i'm exactly. gonna do it yeah like literally yeah like i learned this today let's try it out you know oh um and i didn't end up graduating college but i just kind of like learned everything i needed and got out you know <laughs> i had a similar feeling like i did college for i think two semesters and i quickly i was like i at the time i thought i was gonna do web design and photography oh, really? So I didn't do any gen ed. I just did like Same. the main courses. And then I quickly was like, I was excited because I was excited to learn. But then I quickly kind of had the feeling, maybe you can relate, tell me, where I was like, I think I can just Google this. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. You did the, that? Yeah. The yeah. only reason I stayed is because, well, for one, I had financial aid, so I don't have to pay. Um, so that was cool. I actually got paid to go to school. Which, Sick. Yeah. You know, if anyone doesn't know, you can do that <laughs> if you're poor. Sick. It's a cool way to go to school. But uh, yeah, so I had one teacher that was like a touring like EDM guy. No and he was like way. in his 20s. Um, and he's like the only reason I stayed because I just took all his classes and I was like, I can learn so much from this guy because he was just like really good at mixing and really he was like actually doing it too. Yeah, and he was yeah. young and like new, like cool music and wasn't just some old dude talking about, yeah. you know, how we used to mix back in the 60s or whatever. Like, yes. I don't care. Yeah. But yeah, I got a lot of knowledge out of that little time period, you know. Damn. Okay. So then. And isn't that, like, right around, too, isn't that where Fat C comes from? Yeah, like that, yeah. Because it wasn't Fat, it's, it wasn't F-A-T-S apostrophe E. Yeah, it was Fat space C, like the letter C. <laughs> I remember you telling me this. <laughs> yeah, um, in one of the songs we had, I was just freestyling one day, and I said, like, Big Fat C on the mic or something, and it just stuck, and, like, everyone else in the collective started calling me Fat C. So it was, like, a complete accident. Yeah, no, oh. completely. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. You know, not premeditated at all, um, but I just kind of went with it. You know, like, years later, it was still my name, and so when I made, like, the side SoundCloud for Fat C, I was like, I'll just call it Fat C. Oh, it just made sense. You're like, yeah. well, here's this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then what, like, what year is this all happening? Like, are you uploading stuff to SoundCloud as that? Or, like, what what does that look like? Yeah, we were uploading to Bandcamp and SoundCloud. I think we had more of a following on Bandcamp. We didn't really, like, ever break into the SoundCloud world or understand it, you know. Um, oh, okay. But, yeah, we were posting, like, mixtapes on Bandcamp and weird music videos here and there. But, yeah, not really, like, in SoundCloud yet. And that's for the collective? Yeah. Okay. And then w when I started, yeah, like my solo Fat C stuff is when I really started going hard with SoundCloud and then like posting a lot of stuff there. Like every week I'd post stuff and start. I started collabing with people, you know. Oh. 
And was that just you like becoming obsessed with making music and like making a ton of beats and just you had so much, why not put some out on your own? Exactly, yeah. Because yeah. the collective was like always like five people on one song <laughs> and which was awesome. Um, but I was like, you know what? I kind of want to just like make my own stuff that's like just 100% me. Yeah. Um, and so it was just me for a little while and then I met Scum and Lil Lotus just through like Twitter. Oh, and you Texas. Know, You're in Texas. Texas. Yeah, we all lived in Dallas. Oh. Um, and realized that, and we all had like a really small following, you know, I had like a hundred followers in SoundCloud probably on Twitter. And, um, we all just started making music like every weekend and just put out like tons of collabs. Oh, damn. So that was like really important for you. Like that time meeting them, linking with them, starting to put out stuff as your solo thing. That was like a really important piece of like the fatsy young burial start. Yeah, it was super important. It also made me realize that this was like a real thing, you know, and that oh. I could actually because at first it kind of seemed like when you come from the band world and like especially the DIY like touring world, I'm sure you know it's kind of like yeah, everyone has this mindset where it's like you can only make it by touring, you know. Yeah. Every month, you know, like all year, like, um, and just to have this like whole new world where I could just make money off like streaming and just like uploading music and sitting in my room. And I was like, that seemed impossible to me. Dude, I so heavily relate to that because it wasn't possible, right? It didn't seem possible. Yeah. I mean, and it wasn't really. Because like, I mean, I guess, Spotify. yeah, like yeah. Spotify wasn't paying, like it didn't exist, right? I mean, we it wasn't, know. yeah, like, yeah, like it came out, ooh, I'll butcher this, but like, <laughs> I feel like I started using it in like 2013. Yeah. And I didn't even know about it then too, you know, like, so yeah, I was yeah. Kind of loop on that entirely. Yeah, so like, wow, I get it. I get it. Like, you meet them, you're making stuff on your own, you're seeing that you can upload stuff on your own independently and actually get paid. A, a little bit, you know. Well, I started making like five dollars a month, and I was like, wow. Yeah, like, because <laughs> the only way, like before that, at least in my head, it was like you could upload tracks to like MySpace and it didn't matter. It yeah. was like a joke thing Can't or Bandcamp. Yeah. Which and is, like, how do you make money on that? Really? Well, cause there's no discovery, right? Like it's like, it sits there and then like your uncle feels bad for you and it buys your album for $5. <laughs> so like, I get it. That was, I, I completely see that happening where you're like starting to work on stuff together, upload, probably building more of a following on SoundCloud. Cause yeah, kids it was were... mostly all SoundCloud. I mean, the Spotify thing honestly didn't really start like happening until maybe a year later, like especially when I met like Mark, uh, Marcel. Yes. Uh, or uh, 93 Feet of Smoke. Yeah. And he, he's the one who was like telling me, you know, you got to start putting all your stuff on Spotify. You got to like monetize it through reposts and all that. I didn't know about any of this stuff. And I was like, oh crap. Um, so I really wasn't making like any money. So it wasn't money. It first. was more just like seeing that people cared probably yeah, like uploading was, yeah. music and seeing like, wait, I can upload this to SoundCloud and people are going to listen. Yeah. And like, yeah. And a huge thing for me too, you know, um, is the first music video I did was because a star like out of the blue, you know, and oh, I have like no shit. following, you know, maybe a little bit bigger following, maybe a thousand followers, you know, but nothing crazy. And, uh, he was like, Hey, um, you know, I really like this song. I hope you're feeling better. You know, I could just upload it as like just a track or I can upload it as like a video if you have a video. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to shoot a video. <laughs> like, Whoa. Um, might as well. So wait, what song is that? Uh, it's called, I hope you're feeling better. Or is it? 
what is it called? I think it's called I Hope You're Feeling Better. Oh, I thought you were saying he hit you up oh. and was like, hey, dude, I hope you're feeling better. And I was like, I wonder what you were talking oh, about. No, no, the song, yeah, that's what the song's oh, called. It's, so is it still on a story? Yeah. Oh, shit. Like okay. Three years ago, last month um, is when it came out. But yeah, that was like my first like recognition from someone, you know, like that's in that whole huge. world, you know. And at the time, I was like, oh, wow, a star, you know. Yeah. Super cool. And because he's been holding it down, like honestly, he's been so far ahead and like found things so early. Yeah, you know. So he's to a be... legend in, in my eyes, you know, and I think to a lot of people because like I was already watching his channel before he found me. So like for a while. So when he found me, I was like, oh snap, this is cool. Yeah, like I, at least for me, and I feel like I found like this entire world after you. But I was like this. It felt like a story was like the tastemaker of it, or it was like the he found things so early and if you wanted just like a snapshot of everything cool, you could just go to the Astari page. Yeah. Not to say there wasn't more, but I felt like he had a good scope of just like the early days of it. Yeah. No, he's always Still on does, it. honestly. Yeah. Still does. yeah. He's <laughs> like saying always was. on it. Like to this day, uploading the, all the secret. Yeah. So, okay. Wow. This cool makes sense. Stuff. So you're in Texas. He hits you up. You do a video. Lil Lotus actually <laughs> filmed it for me too. Oh, yeah. shit. So that's important. And you meet Marcial. You meet 93. Around the same time, yeah. And what, did he come to Texas? Yeah, he flew out to Texas. And uh, me and Lotus and him made a few songs together and like kind of like bonded. And yeah, and then I ended up actually like flying out or driving out to New York like a couple months later and staying with him for a few months there. And Was he living in New York? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because he had a minute... Well, I... I don't know. <laughs> he was living in New York. Yeah. And then from there, we moved to L.A. together, you know, and got an apartment out here. Um, oh. And wow. Yeah. These are important things. Yeah. Now we're here. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because you, when we met, I was living in San Diego. 93 was already here, but looking for a new spot. You were in L.A. but didn't have a house. Yeah. And it all came together really quickly where it was like in a week, all of us were like, yo, do we get a house? Yeah. I was just And that's this here. house. Yeah. We're in it right now. Yeah. Marcio moved out. He got his own little spot. But like this, this house was so important. But like it's crazy to hear. It's crazy to hear all of that happen on your side. Yeah. I didn't realize how formative, like, the Lotus scum meeting him in Texas, that friendship, that yeah. was, like, the, that was the gas for you to be, like, you could fully commit to this project. Yeah, it was, like, this is real, you know, and by that point, all my bands were done, you know, completely done. Um, yeah. And so I was, like, you know what, like... I'm just going to go all in on this. And I was still working jobs, you know, I was working at like Trader Joe's um, yeah. to so pay the bills. And yeah. it certainly wasn't just like instantly like, Oh, I'm rich. No, like, here no, we go. Still, no, still not. <laughs> but, but it was enough to be like, Oh, people seem to care. Yeah. And you know, like I was moving and traveling a lot for a couple of years and just kind of floating around half the time, like, you know, couch surfing and just kind of like forcing myself to be like, I'm going to, start making enough money off streaming that I can pay rent. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah. And that was like just my goal. Every day I woke up like I'm going to make a song today that's going to get me enough streams so I can pay rent. Like, Wasn't there, this is a deep cut, but I feel like I remember you tweeting something last year where it was just like you said it so well of that feeling and then like the first moments of being able to like pay rent and survive off music and it hit me in the feels. Yeah. I'll have to dig it up and find it, but I was like, damn, that's special. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm coming up on two years since I quit my last day job, so surviving <laughs> and on that point you're doing it independent yeah this isn't signed to a label this Never. isn't like with a team behind you like this is just you doing this it's just me and you know i'm not like the type of person to be like it's just me i'm all i need you know like I, someday i probably will have a team and i'm totally open to that it's just like right now it's what's working for me yeah yeah and I, to backtrack a little bit i would have to assume that all of you telling me that you were so obsessed with the production and going so in on music, and it seems like from a very early age, you just loved music. Mm. There had to have been something appealing about trying so hard with all the bands and doing that, but then having all the control on your own and being able to like fully dedicate. Yeah. It was I, always kind of like a friction, you know, between like me and other members of bands I was in. Like we'd always get along and we're always like best friends. But I feel like I always did kind of have that like need for like control over everything. And Well, not only that, but like it feels like it's very hard to get that many people to be the same amount of dedicated. Yeah. It can be hard to be on the same page as everyone, you know. And I think it just made more sense for me, you know, when I realized like I can do this as a solo artist. I was like, you know what, like. I don't ever need to be in a band again. And yeah. I'm probably not like, I maybe I'll start like a side joke band at some point or something. But well, the thing that I respect though is like, and again, it makes more sense as I talk to you, you don't strike me as never in any of this. Does it feel like it's not authentic and it doesn't feel like you just like, we're like, Oh, here's a genre. Here's a wave that I can ride where it's popular to just be a solo artist. All of your music as Fatsy Young Burial draws influence and inspiration from all of the music that you grew up playing and loving. Yeah. And that's something that I've always found so interesting and unique about the project is like you have so many crazy guitar riffs and different <laughs> elements of music in the project. So if anything, it just feel like it feels like this perfect what's the word culmination? Like it's all coming together of all your influences and everything, right? Like you had your rap collective, you had your metal heavy bands, you had even the first band where you're listening to animal collective, yeah. all that. It, I hear it in your music and I like, I'm like, I get it. It paints more of a picture. Yeah. Which even like Charlie, the album that you just put out, was that August? August. Yeah. August 23rd. So like a couple months ago, yeah. that album felt different from, other music in this scene yeah um that album was just kind of like a culmination of like everything i'd been trying as fat c for the last like four years since i started it i felt like i just kind of needed to like put a nail in the coffin kind of for a lot of those sounds um and kind of like move on hmm. and i felt like the way for me to do that was just to like make my first album because i never made an album before you know so this was my first like debut album in my entire life and I felt like it made sense just to kind of pull from everything I'd done, not just as Fat C, but yeah, like as, from everything. Yeah, I um, felt that. 
Like, yeah. That album went everywhere in not a bad way, in a way where I was like, oh, cool. Oh, what? Yeah. I think as an album, yeah, it's very experimental, like all over the place. Um, and my next album's not going to be as experimental, but I'm glad I like got that out of my system and like I did that because I needed to kind of like, like I said, like put a nail in the coffin to a lot of those sounds and kind of just like be done with them. And I yeah. feel like I had to do it in an album. That makes sense. I like, I fully get that. And it's cool because like, again, like when we started recording this, we we're talking about like how you've been so busy, so on it, all of that. I feel like, again, this is entirely you, right? It's been DIY. It's not like you're trying to be like, fuck the system, whatever, but you've made it work. Yeah. So you've working. been doing it all DIY and watching you put that album together now watching you do all these videos, it, it, it's not just recording, right? You're not just in your room making songs. Like you're, I mean, you just got back from filming how many music videos with Daniel I Jordan filmed, K? Well, I filmed one with them, but I did or film overcast. three music videos last month. Okay. Um, yeah, but the one I filmed with Overcast is amazing. That's coming out in January, and that's for the first single for my new album. Oh um, yeah, and I'm really excited about that. They went so crazy on They've that. been They're leveling so up. Yeah, and they have a new member of like the squad. So it's Daniel, Tommy, and then CQ, who has this crazy red camera. Oh, and it looks amazing. And so like anybody who's already been following like the Daniel Tommy saga, like all around, like it's about to level oh, up. Oh yeah, like start paying attention. Go subscribe to them. It's about to get crazy. And I, I want to do like a lot more with them too. Like yeah, uh, yeah, a lot more videos. Shouts to them. I don't Big understand shout. how they exist. Like they're like an uh, <laughs> an anomaly to me. Like they they work so hard and like they're just like so like chilling. Yeah. Just in Arizona doing their thing. So talented. Yeah. So and you you went out to Arizona for that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just got back. Yeah. So then okay, and then you did two other videos. Yeah, I did uh, one that I filmed myself, the yep. Not Today video that came out of my yep. channel. And then uh, the one I shot with Jack. I think that was I think it was early November when I shot oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That just came out. Maybe it was late October. Either way, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. One for In the Morning, yeah. Yeah. Which is on Astari, you know? Shout out Astari again. Which I guess. Still working with him. Yeah. And honestly, because of you, I think it was because of you, I met Jack. Yeah. Was that here? He, he was here when we used his camera to film the Savage Gas podcast. Oh, okay, yeah, I remember. Which that. was the start of filming this, but I think he was here to do a bunch of stuff, including filming your video. Yeah, we were talking about it, I think, like scheming ideas. That's crazy. But I'm about to shoot another video with uh, Patrick uh, Revolving oh, Style. Oh, our Patrick Revolving yeah. Style. Yes. And also, Evan Polearm is going to help too, and that video is going to be crazy. Yo. You know what? That's actually a cool piece too, where I feel like you of all people probably relate and understand. But for me, when I was finding music, it was more on the rock side. Yeah. But the way you explained going to that show and seeing like mosh pits and all that, and like there was a community, right? Yeah. I feel like that community, at least to me, got a little too cool for school. <laughs> like the rock side of it, like it became a little too elitist. That's not everybody. I know what you mean. Yeah. But I also like, I see this and you know, like, meeting you 93 shinny family pet all of that like it feels like there's such a community in this again that is like what i loved 
And we didn't even talk at all about like version three tour. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> because that was like a chance of like, that was us. I felt like we bonded because both of us were like, yeah, it takes us back to the van days, exactly, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but like, I don't know, it's really cool to see what feels like a whole new scene and community coming out of this and like the friendships and like the way that you're explaining the people working on videos and the way you did stuff with Lotus. Like, yeah, it's everything that I love about the music community all yeah. over again. I know what you mean. Yeah. It feels, it reminds me of like the early days in the metal scene in a way. Um, right. Yeah. But also like, I think it's important to mention this one show. Um, it got me thinking, I don't know if you know what show I'm talking about. It was in the New York show at Trans Picos. I, yes, I have heard this tale. <laughs> I know. I feel like I should mention it just because you it was should. big for me too. Yeah. Cause it was like when I met Shinigami, I think I'd already met family pet before that, but, uh, we were hanging out that day. And I met FM, you know, um, and then Young Jizza was there. I'd met him before too, but yeah, it was just like a lot of people. Yeah, all there together. And the and girl that booked it, Leanna um, Perry. Yeah. Yes, she like I feel like does not get any attention or like notoriety yeah. to the fact that like what she did there was so special. And to my understanding, like I wasn't there, but to my <laughs> understanding, she just had a feeling. She was just like, "This will be cool." Yeah. It was important, yeah. And that's also, like, where Shinigami and Super Chef M, you know, like, met. And they're, like, they met. super close now, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's cool for a lot of people. It was an important show. It just feels like there's a lot of that happening right now. And it just feels like, to me, I love that. That feels so special. Yeah. But, again, like, to make it, again, back to your side of it, it's cool the piece that you have in it, to me, feels cool. Because you're not really copying other people's style you're a piece of all of this, but you're, you're so authentically the Charlie that's always loved music, right? Like this is just the combination of all of these different influences coming together. For sure. Which I think is really interesting. And it's like, Charlie, if anybody hasn't listened to that album, go listen. Cause you'll understand. Like you'll be like, wait a minute. Yeah. He's listened to a lot of music. It's kind of all over the place. Yeah. And I also was pulling from like, you know, like Tiesto and like, like, I think you said Breathe Carolina. Yeah. We yeah. Yeah. When we were talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. It's a lot of like, we just weird stuff. Yep. Cause yeah, no, I, I feel like it was important to get that out of my system. I don't think I'm going to go in that direction again anytime soon, but. Right. Well, that's like, I'm so excited to see like what's next, right? Like you'll put out that first single with that video, but like that whole album and even what comes after that, it's just it's coming from a kid who just loves music, right? Like you found so many different genres, you've done so many different things. So, and I mean, you're doing nothing but doubling down, right? Like yeah. I watch you every day work on this. So I, yeah. I'm curious to see where it goes from here. Yeah. And the next album's like, you know, getting there, I work on it every day. It's like 50%, if not more done already, you know, and I'm already getting the singles done and figuring the features out. And so it'll be like 2020. Yeah. It yeah. should be like, hopefully I'm shooting for like spring, summer, 2020. So we'll Damn. see. Sick. Yeah. Well, I feel like that catches up, catches us up to speed on your story. Yeah. The other thing that I like to do is like, I'm sure there's people out there listening that are working on their own careers and their own path, uh, be it an artist production, whatever, because you've been able to do so much on the DIY side and get to a part where, or a spot where you can at least pay your own rent. You know, like obviously you're always chasing more and there's more success to be had. Of course. 
But I do consider you successful in the sense of you made this work DIY and like you are doing your thing, right? You yeah. aren't working and in nine my to eyes, five. Like ever since I've been a kid, you know, it's like I've never wanted to be famous. That was never appealing to me. Just the concept of like making music as a living was like it seemed impossible, but it was still like that's my goal. Yeah. So it's almost like when I hit that goal, I was like, oh wow, what do I do now? Yeah. Whoa. Um, and for a second, it kind of like messed me up. But whoa, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, but um, you know, it's like I got to keep going, and I, I think. I'm going harder now than I ever have. So, yeah. So then for, for the kids that are chasing that and for anyone chasing that, what, like, do you have any advice? I, I should be specific on it, but like, if you are an artist, if you are chasing it in a band or as a solo path, what would you tell somebody who is a step or two behind you? Or like, where is that advice to, to get it to a point where you can live and do it. Yeah. Um, for me, it was really just like, I'm sure you've, everyone who's wondering this question has heard this before, but it's just like work really, really hard. You got to work harder than everyone else around you if you really want it. And for me, that was, you know, diving really deep into production um, and then diving really deep into how to sing good. You know, I even, I took a class in college like a vocal, like singing lesson type class or whatever. Whoa. Um, I had like a vocal coach for like one semester and like learned a lot about singing. And like, I've always like really tried to like learn as much as I can from YouTube about like every aspect of music. Um, so yeah, I encourage like anyone that's trying to like make it their living is just like educate yourself as much as possible. Just about everything, you know, and don't rely on anyone else. If you can, figure out how to make beats yourself, you know, make beats yourself, you know, learn how to play guitar, learn how to do everything and just do it. And it's yeah. like, I'm not like an amazing guitar player, an amazing singer, an amazing producer in my eyes. I just worked so hard and put in, you know, eight hours a day at that thing and like learned it as a craft that I can do it proficiently now. But I was never good at those things at the beginning. I was a horrible singer. I mean, I thought I was bad until I like forced myself to sing every day and like learn how to sing. So I don't know. That's no, that's really cool. That that's really because it's like it's so real, right? It's so relatable. And it's like you're not saying, Oh, well, I'm just gifted. You're like, no, dude, I just had to put in the time. That's all it is. I mean, yeah, it's just like the way I was seeing it is I was working at Target or Trader Joe's or Subway, you know, and I'd be working forty hours a week just to pay the bills. And then on top of that, I was working, you know, six hours a day on music. And you have to do it like that sometimes. And like when you're trying to get to the point where it's, you know, what's paying your bills and it's your main source of income, you have to do those like no sleep nights where you're working a day job and also making music that's not making you any money. Yeah. You know, and that's the hard part. That's like the part where you just kind of want to give up. But yeah. you got to power through that. And then, you know, when you finally start getting those checks from Spotify, it's like totally worth it, you know? Yeah. Well, that, like, Dude, I love that. That yeah. answers it so well. But also the other side is like, it wasn't a glamorous life to start. Like you were floating no. on couches. You were going everywhere. Like it yeah. was a grind. Which was, you know, like fine for me. Like, um, but yeah, it's, it wasn't, it's never been glamorous, you know? Like Right. So yeah, I feel like it's like not only having that work ethic, but you also just were willing to make anything work to get there. 
Yeah, and it also, you know, that mindset came from the DIY, like, touring world, you know, and that oh. whole, like, scene, just kind of the whole, like, sleeping in a van with 10 people and, you know, like, splitting $100 that you make that show for food with all those people. And, you know, you just kind of, like, learn to live like that. And if you love music enough, you will accept that that's just how it is or... You know, it's not like that forever, but sometimes you have to go through like a few years, you know, maybe even longer, five, ten years where it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. Straight up. I mean, yeah, you put in some time. Yeah. But, you know, have fun with it. It was always fun. In my, like, in my memory, touring was always fun. It was never stress. It was always fun. That's cool. I actually, I completely get that too, right? Like as we talk about it, yeah, it's a grind. You're not making a lot of money. But I think back to the van days and like I remember having six dollars <laughs> and using two of those to buy ramen and a drink at a gas station. It was like Missouri or like Mississippi, like some random state. Yeah. And I'm sitting out there on the curb with the dudes and it was just like I wasn't even playing music. I was just <laughs> selling merch and TMing. But just being out with my friends and I was like, Yeah, I don't I don't want anything else. Like this yeah, is awesome. It just feels great. Yeah. It's like this is like and that's also the first taste, like touring for me, it's like the first taste of like, I'm just out here. Like every day it's like, we just play a show and then we just sleep somewhere. And then this is like, this is my life. And it kind of like, I think that's also a big thing that like drove me to make it like my, you know, my career is just like after I toured a few times, just like, wow, like it's like freedom, you know? Yeah. 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 Oh, like the fully, this is my life. Yeah. Like not yeah. having to wake up and go to a job, like you wake up and play a show. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Dude, I love that. Yeah. Did I miss anything here? Like, I feel like we killed this. I felt really good. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. I, I'm so honored, too, to be the first podcast. You know, it's like the thing that I think about with this is this will always be just like a little moment in time. Yeah. Because you will continue to work and you will continue to put stuff out. And it'll be so crazy to look back at this and be like, dude remember living at this house, sitting on this couch and like all the things that happened. Yeah. It's kind of freaky thinking about that stuff. I know. know. I get too in my head about that (laughs) stuff. I'm like, I feel like I'm too much of like the, the parent that's like always taking pictures, but (laughs) I don't like thinking about the future. Yeah. But I don't know. It's cool to talk about it right now because I, I think that I've seen the work pay off for you. I've seen you on tour. I've seen the fans. I've seen it grow and I can only imagine where it goes. Yeah, it's exciting, man. It's life, you know. It's always changing. But, yeah, things are great right now. And I'm glad that I went through all that stuff, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, is that a wrap? I think that's a wrap, dude. Thank you. Yeah, this is fun. This was sick. Is that how we end it?